declining union membership. U.S. President Donald Trump, for example, has blamed slow wage growth on bad trade deals that empower China and other low-cost producers. But the decline in labor share of income is a global phenomenon, visible not only across the North Atlantic, but also in China and Japan. And the labor share has fallen in both tradable and non-tradable sectors. Offshoring, then, cannot be the primary cause. And empirical studies have found limited correlation between declining union membership and shifts in the labor share. It is also difficult to blame robots. As Northwestern economist Matt Ronley has pointed out, robots and automation, broadly defined, are a tiny part of U.S. capital stock by value, worth at most 15% of U.S. GDP, a fraction that has been roughly stable over the last several decades. By contrast, the value of structures, houses, apartments, offices, is equivalent to 175% of GDP. Labor and capital shares are flow figures, whereas these are stock figures. But the serious difference in scale between automation-related capital and housing-related capital should caution against seeing robots as the primary cause of recent wage weakness. While technology and automation have clearly played an important role in recent economic growth, the capital stock figures suggest they cannot explain the recent declines in labor share. A better explanation for the decline in labor share of GDP is diminished competition and a rise in real estate prices. Most people understand how a decline in corporate competition, especially given the rise of tech giants such as Amazon and Google, could increase corporate pricing power and reduce returns to labor. But few people think their own houses have anything to do with stagnant wages. Much of the increase in the capital share of income has gone to real estate, as hard-pressed renters or homebuyers in London or New York can attest. By one account, the share of housing in total output is three times higher today than in the 1950s. A key driver of higher house prices in cities such as New York and San Francisco is regulations that prevent the housing supply from increasing. Higher housing prices reduce real wage growth because workers must spend part of any pay increase on rent or mortgage payments that are higher than they would otherwise be. By contrast, artificial constraints on housing supply push up real estate prices, benefiting a specific class of capital holders owners of pricey property. Regulations that limit housing supply underpin high house prices and ensure that existing homeowners, who are often already wealthy, remain so. These policies have also reshaped labor migration patterns. New research by economists Peter Ganong and Daniel Shog shows that janitors earn 7% less in New York than in the Deep South after adjusting for housing costs, Yet in 1960, janitors in New York made 70% more than janitors in the Deep South, again after adjusting for housing costs. High housing costs are locking low-skilled workers out of high-income areas, reducing labor mobility. Because low-skilled workers are congregating in low-productivity regions, the surplus of low-wage labor in those areas further suppresses income growth. In other words, Zoning laws in New York and San Francisco not only drive low-wage workers out of the cities, but they also drive down wages elsewhere in the country. 
Wages in lower-income and higher-income areas in the United States stopped converging around 1980, and that, in turn, is part of the reason labor share of GDP has fallen. Governments know how to tackle reduced corporate competition. The EU's antitrust authorities have fined Google billions of dollars over antitrust violations. In the United States, Democrats, such as Senator Chuck Schumer, New York, are also turning to anti-monopoly policy to boost real wages. But politicians have been less inclined to do anything about real estate. Slashing regulation to build more housing is politically challenging because it cuts against political orthodoxies. The left doesn't like deregulation, whereas the right fears hitting homeowners who form their core voter base. But many countries particularly the United States and the United Kingdom, face a new political trilemma in which only two of the following three things are possible.